This is MFG Cast. Hey guys, Kurt here. Another month, we've actually got another interview. I've got two wonderful guys on to talk about their game company and some of the games that they have. It's Space Tavern Games. I've got Tyler Ryan and Patrick Ryan. Thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having us. Yeah. Very much appreciated. No problem. Okay. So before we get into the old talking about your game, Army Men, Full Force and Effect, and other stuff, I like to talk about your talk about your game careers through the years. So Patrick, let's start with you. Oh shit! All right. <laughs> well, um, you don't have to. You don't have to tell me everything. You can just you can just summarize it. <laughs> All right. I mean, obviously, I played like a bunch of uh, the stupid lame Hasbro and where are the other ones. Fucking Mattel, <laughs> Mattel, and Milton Bradley and shit. Like growing up, and I was like, God, these games suck. So in high school, I played hockey, and that was pretty much it. Did a lot of drinking, um, <laughs> but at some point, I was like, you know, I'm probably gonna get into drugs. I need something to circumnavigate this, so that way my old man doesn't murder me. And I went to a hobby shop and picked up a used copy of AD&D and found a group. So it was like one or two times a month, all my normal friends, I'd be like, yeah, I'm a, I'm sick tonight, guys. I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta stay in. And I'd really just go to the hobby shop and play AD&D till like two in the morning and then I'd call my friends and be like, alright, I'm, I'm feeling better, where are you guys at? And they'd tell me I'd go party, you know, until like 6 in the morning. So, uh, I'm going to stop telling this whole fucking life story thing here <laughs> before we get into like the history of Space Tavern games, because that's like near and dear to Tyler and I's heart. It's funnier when we both tell it. It's also kind of sad. But like every good story, yeah. <laughs> like every Space good. Tavern Games, the E True Hollywood story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, ever since then, uh, I've been playing like RPGs. Uh, Tyler got me introduced to uh, mini war games. He showed me. Uh, I I knew what Warhammer 40k was because I played Dawn of War and Dawn of War 2 on the PC. Okay. I loved and I loved the lore. And then Tyler showed me uh, fucking War Machine. Yeah, fucking War Machine. And uh, since since then, I mean, we haven't touched it in, like, since April. But, you know, that's that's how I got into all this. Uh, well, gaming, anyways. Yeah, very cool. All right, Tyler, what about you? Uh, uh, my story's a little bit different. I didn't I didn't do a lot of partying at all in high school. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like my life story. We come from we come from two different two completely different backgrounds. <laughs> well, my um, parents just my mom just didn't give a shit. So, I well, uh, my started actually. Uh, when I was in high school, I had uh, a couple of really good friends. Who, they were we they were huge nerds. Um, <clears throat> I played football, so I was a jock, so that saved me socially, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but they were always playing this homebrew game that I never I never really bothered to get into. That was until I, we had in my high school we had a lunch and a study hall period, um, mm-hmm. and during study hall I would always read and um, or you know do homework whatever. But these guys were in my study hall. They would always play D and D together. Always, and they they had they had five different campaigns for each different person DMing, and they would just decide who was going to play what that day. Wow! <laughs> um, and I would just I would happen to be sitting at the same table, and I just kind of got talking to them, and eventually they we made myself a character, and I got inserted into the world, and from there I was hooked on to 
the paper pen and paper RPG aspect of everything. Oh, and then my really good friend who when they were playing the homebrew game, I finally I got involved in that game, and then it just kind of snowballed at that, and I was just playing games left and right, and I was always doing reading, and I was re- started to read more fantasy adventure novels, and I started to look into writing and designing and all kinds of crazy things. That's kind of where that went, and so I got into it. Very nice. Okay, well then, now that you guys have talked about that, and you're, you want to tell this epic story of Space Tavern games, why don't you guys lay it on me? Well, it started about four years ago. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Four years four? ago, yeah, four, yeah, four, yeah. Four. <laughs> it was right before Cariano was born. We're going on four years, so uh, I was working for this uh, e-commerce giant doing all their marketing, and uh, Tyler called me one day. He's like, "I got this great idea," and I was like, "All right, what is it? We'll we'll start our own hobby shop, and with your." e-commerce knowledge we can rule the internet and I was like that's a great idea Tyler <laughs> at the time I was uh, uh, I was still at undergrad and I was working on designing a we had, we had a program there where you could design your own major and I was working on designing a major that involved essentially the basics of how to run your, your own hobby shop and design games at the same time nice um, so yeah one day I just got the idea and I was like Pat let's do this and he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And then life got in the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started a family, and uh, I started going to school eventually. I was finishing up undergrad and trying to figure out what to do with my life, and grad school and stuff. So, we, we really didn't get moving until almost almost a year ago. Um, yeah, uh, about this time last year, we uh, found out that our uh, grandfather had cancer. And Tyler was down... At school, Baltimore, and I called him and I was like, "Yo, we've been sitting on this thing for a while. We still have the Facebook fan page, so <laughs> so let's uh, let's start doing this." And uh, we started out when Tyler was still in Baltimore, and we started it. Our first talk show that we hosted, we decided we were we were actually just going to go into game design and sell our own games. And eventually work our way to the point where we have our own hobby shop and a bunch of other things. So we start out with our talk show, still putting out like updates on lore and for the games we are developing. And uh, <laughs> the first episode you will never find. <laughs> it's, been, it's been erased and deleted from the internet forever. It, it's bad. It's it's so bad. It's we had we had no idea what we were doing. It started. It was actually how the first episode started was was quite comical. Um, I was on. I think I was on break, like a couple day break or something, like halfway semester break or something. And it was a Tuesday. And Pat goes, "We need to do a podcast." I was like, "Okay, we should do that." And he goes, "Let's do it. Let's do it today. I'm not doing anything today." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and I was like, oh, "I'm not doing anything either." So sure. So, like, three and a half hours of us sitting around BSing and... Talking about literally nothing of importance. <laughs> playing music and just, yeah. Just we that. had seven copyright infringements complaints <laughs> and various other complaints. Yeah, it was, uh... <laughs> um, yeah, it was... And then that's how... And then we started to get better. Started to get better. And then uh, we really kind of figured ourselves out when we had Ben Steers on from Randover Games. Yeah. We, uh, we kind of brought out the best in each other. And uh, from then on, it was been... Uh, we've been doing our thing, and Pat and Tyler's excellent adventure. Out. <laughs> but uh, nice. yeah, so um, 
Fuck, what was that? Yeah, Jan- yeah damn, January. Yeah. Uh, our grandfather passed away. Um, right. And... I moved back home and... Yeah, as soon as you moved back in, like, we were knocking out stuff every day. I mean, when you're starting up something like this, you can't just, like, half-ass it. We we had our fucking noses to the grindstone. We're both working on top of our insanely work schedule and school schedule and families and home lives. We still find time. We make time to do this shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you want it that bad, you gotta fucking go after it. Yeah, for sure. And so here we are. We now have Rule Zero Media, which is where we publish all of our... Uh, updates and game reviews and news and shit like that uh that's rulezeromedia.com we have spacetaverngames.com we're about to buy spacewalkerstudios.com that's like our development department so yeah we're we're growing it's it it is a word of advice to everybody out there who may who may be suckered into the society of i want it now i have to have it now um it doesn't fucking work <laughs> it like doesn't that. fucking work like that so it's it's a long, slow process, and some people can do it if they've got the money to start up. But there's people like us who are, you know, middle class schmucks who got to pay for bills and don't really have a whole lot of money to spend. So mm-hmm. it takes a little bit of time. Yeah, you just gotta work at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, you gotta you gotta work hard at it because, um, and we've talked about this on the podcast too. You know, it's like you know, you guys talking about doing your first talk show or whatever. You know, I just talked about this on our last podcast. You go through or our last interview actually. You go through our first like five to ten episodes. I'm like, you could just throw those out the window because they're fucking horrible. So, <laughs> you know, you just you know, most of the time that's what everybody does. They go, well, let's just do this. You know, and they you know, you learn on the fly. You you fuck things up, but in the end, you'll you know, you find a way to get things working if you work hard enough so um that was actually going to be a question one of the questions i was going to ask you kind of answered part of it but what are some of the other things that you guys have learned on the way here on the way um to making your own games and stuff like that that you would tell people about if they were going to start up their own game company or make their own games well i would start with make your own games i think would be my 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 first uh point because uh, when you make your, you have to really figure out if you can make your own games first of all, and if you have a design team, yeah. you really just do something. And we we've also we've, we've been lucky. Like yeah. everyone that we've brought into our fold understands and completely gets our vision of greatness, and they understand that it's not like going to happen next week or in the next month. But eventually, if we keep hammering this shit out. Mm-hmm. We're gonna get there. Yeah, we, yeah. it's it's. I don't know. It's. Huh. It also what? helps to have an engineer on your on your uh, mechanics team. That too. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's it's weird that. I don't know. People think that you can just start up a game company and okay, we have a game company. Let's make money now. Well, if you don't have any game designs, if you don't know if you can design games to begin with, running a company, you, you're not really doing anything. You've got a name, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. So, and you pay taxes on that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor <Yeah>. business model. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my word of advice would be start with uh, start with designing games. See, see how good you are as a designer. Um, if you've got some friends that also like designing, try designing together. And uh, it, it definitely helps when you're designing with other people. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes you realize after you, that you've got a good group of guys that can really work together, and 
you guys can work to a common goal and just really design something solid. Sometimes you'll find out your friends are shitheads and you can't design anything with them. So <laughs> it's all trial and error. Yeah, yeah, that is true. Nice. Um, and going on with the company that <sighs> fuck. <laughs> Where do you begin with it? <laughs> you're gonna make a lot of mistakes, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are, unless you're like Donald Trump or something like that. But <laughs> we're still making mistakes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, fuck. Uh, mistake recently. Uh, past couple weeks, we've just been so swamped with the holidays, we've literally had no time for anything other than work and family time. And sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, work and sleep. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Sleep's this thing you're supposed to do at the end of every day when the sun goes down. Nice. I get about five hours a night. Uh, yeah, so. But it, I, Overall, if it's something you're passionate about, it's something you'll wind up figuring out a way to do. Yeah, if you if you really if you truly want it bad enough, you will not stop. Mm-hmm. Um, another piece of advice I would say is keep doing and keep living your life the way that you would before. Like if you have a job, keep your job. Yeah, um, don't don't just fucking quit. Yeah, and just be like, ah, oh, it's fine. I'll be making money in a month. You, you, for me personally, I'm working working two different jobs. It's like you find inspiration every day. And you find the drive to want to get out of what you're doing and work for yourself and design great games or do whatever, really. That's you just don't want to work for other people. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah. You get, and, you know, when you're bored, you get to sit around and you come up with ideas, and those ideas eventually come to fruition. See, the, the problem I have, though, is I really like my job. I'm an industrial engineer, and as much as I like the job I have, I would love... This job more. This job more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I work in retail, so anything is better than retail. <laughs> I do, too. I feel your pain. Especially this time of year. Yeah, it's exactly when you want to just strangle everybody. <laughs> Clean your mouth out with buckshot. Somebody walks into your store and you just want to just drop kick them. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> okay, speaking of guns, let's talk about army men. Full force and effect. Good segue. So tell us a little bit about what Army Men Full Force and Effect is all about. Well, this is this is a nice tie-in, actually, to the whole keep doing your life thing and find inspiration, because uh, I work at um, in a museum in town. It's the Army Heritage Center. And in, in our store, we have Army Men, just buckets and plastic Army Men. And I, I thought, thinking back to the days of, you know, when I was a kid, we used to play these things all the time, but we never really had any kind of rules for them so we never you can never really tell who won or how how you would even begin to fight with plastic army men mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about how War Machine is a pretty simple game something and then I went to text to Pat and I was like hey I got this idea what do you think about this and he's like yeah I'll, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna sit on this for a bit and then like Eight hours later, he goes, yeah, I wrote the mechanics, so let's get going with this. <laughs> <laughs> and then Army Men Full Force and Effect was born. <laughs> nice. We pulled the inspiration a lot from the old Army Men games from back in the day. On, like, the PlayStation? And, and N64. Personal, my personal favorite is Army Men Sarge's Heroes. <laughs> nice. And uh, we kind of, we I wanted to build a, a believable world for them. It didn't have to be something hugely fleshed out because I didn't want to bore anybody who actually picked up a copy of the game. <laughs> so we gave, we wanted to give the players the most freedom if they wanted to to play just you know quick battles with the kids or if they wanted to make these grand campaigns. We gave them enough lore that they could Do morph that. it and run with it, or you know enough that they can maybe find a faction that they connect the most with or want 
to play the most or whatever. And my favorite part of my input into the lore was naming all the cities and everything after like different <laughs> commercial names of plastic. <laughs> nice. Yeah, actually, I was thinking, I was like, oh, we could do some kind of some kind of metaphor for oil or something like that, and like there's some kind of some kind of material that they mine or something that's really rare in the world. He just he just kind of looks at me and goes plastanium, and then turned back to his computer. And I was like, you you brilliant son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so that's where that's where that comes from. And actually, if it's in the it's the third page of the book is uh, actually dedicated to our grandfather. Nice, which is great. So so tell people so tell the people at home that may not know about this game how you play it. Uh, it's super simple. Uh, you need go to Target, pick up the five dollar little thing of army men. You get both green and tan. So there you go. Uh, grab a ruler. Grab some D six or. Six-sided dice, and uh, what? Oh, I, I, I didn't say that. Go ahead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Set your, your designated space. It doesn't. What was the smallest size? Was three by three? I think you said three by three was our. Three by three is the smallest. You can go as big as you want, and uh, set your men up. Put down a battlefield of terrain, any type of terrain, really. Books, <laughs> laptops. Cords, sweatshirts, whatever you really, whatever you have, really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or if you have your own terrain already made, mm-hmm. no big deal. Roll to see who goes first. Your men have to be six inches off of the uh, battle space. Yeah, that's pre-set up. You know, shit like that. Uh, you have to move them tactically in approved military formations that are out. Well, you don't have to, but it helps. It gives you bonuses. Mm-hmm. They're outlined in the manual. Move them as per their speed. Engage the tar- enemies. Roll your d6. Uh, if it's a regular rifleman, a four, five, or six, you killed the other guy. You don't have to deal with counting hit points. You don't have to deal with uh, save throws or anything like that. We did throw in some critical failures just because I thought they would be funny. Like if you roll <laughs> a one and you're dropping mortars, you fed the mortar round backwards and it blew up and killed you and everyone in your area. Oh, what? How many movies have you seen where some guy tries to pull a pin of a grenade and it falls to him and blows up everybody around him? So I definitely yeah, love that. Yeah, that, that, that. Hell, that even happens in real life. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah, fail on a grenade toss. You lay, toss the, the you pin. You drop the grenade. Toss the pin. <laughs> Uh, we, we, we were we were going with simplicity and minimalism when yeah. we were thinking about mm-hmm. the design because we really wanted it to be something that... that uh, that's like a gateway game into other tabletop mini war games. Uh-huh. Um, because, I mean, when, when you're anywhere from 8 to 12, you know, playing a, a tabletop game or painting miniatures and stuff like that is probably going to be really difficult for you. Mm-hmm. And you're not sure if you want to... And your parents aren't sure if they want to drop the money for you. I mean... Even if it's for Christmas presents or whatever, but they're not sure if they want to drop that kind of money on you. So, we we really just wanted to give kids something that they could try mm-hmm. and see if it's something they like. And then from here, you know, they play this a little while, and then eventually they'll start looking at other games and yeah, start getting into other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, li- I like that it's you know it's got a little more complexity than just throwing your guys out there and you know just saying oh i killed this guy or this guy did this or something like that because this kind of this came kind of at a interesting time where um my son who was five um we'd never really played with anything army menish or anything like that until 
um, this summer where he grabbed some army men that were of a couple of different colors and you can actually get those at like the Dollar Tree. That's what we did. So we had those and, you know, we kind of did similar to this game except for we didn't do very many formations. We basically just kind of stood guys wherever we wanted and then we rolled a D6 and then whoever had the highest blew up the other guy or whatever and stuff like that. So this this makes it, this is almost an intro, you know, like you said, like you guys said, it's more of an like an intro to those minis games that are more complicated as you get older, you know, so it kind of gets them into that whole thing where it's like, okay, I, I have these guys, I can move them within so many feet, I can attack and defend or whatever, you know, depending upon, you know, what you roll and stuff like that. And also it's got the cool formations too, and it kind of, you know, helps them learn those uh, concepts that you will learn later in the in these um, harder uh, minis games, so... I mean, it's 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 got a cool template for that, but also I, it's funny that you talked about the story. I like that you actually added a little bit of story to it because you could have just been like, okay, here's your guys, go do it. But I like that you actually added the map. It kind of reminds me of like old like Final Fantasy maps, and uh, and they've got their you know cool names, which is funny. I never realized the names until I looked at them, and now now it makes me laugh more than ever. So. So it's got a, it's got a great little uh, setup, and you know it's a fun little game to just like you said a little intro game to play with you know whatever kid wants to play with it. So yeah, we uh, <laughs> for the the uh, I, I'm 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 actually I am a writer, um, so I, I I love creating universes and creating backstories and all kinds of things like that, and I I was I was like a giddy schoolgirl when I got to to think of the story for this one because. It, it, it's something that you'd think it would be done more because Army Men is such a uh, a recognizable thing, uh, mm-hmm. in, in, even in modern society. It's, I mean, it, everybody has played or at least knows of Plastic Army Men. Um, mm-hmm. They don't, and there's some video games out, but they're they've kind of fallen by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really interesting to be able to create some kind of like even even as small of an explanation of the world as there is. Um, it's still very good. Yeah, it's still it, it's. And I'm not trying to blow yeah. smoke up your ass. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was great to just kind of think of a way that we could create some kind of story where a kid could read it and be like, "Wow!" and, and let their imaginations take off with it because kids are some of the most creative people you'll ever meet. Mm-hmm. So it was it was. I had to think. I had to channel my inner, however, like my inner young kid and. Be like, well, if I was this age and I was playing with Plastic Army Men, what what kind of world would I want to play in? Mm-hmm. And there's an explanation of how Army Men exist in both this plastic world and the real world. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and we kind of left it open because maybe in the future we might design another game and develop the lore even more. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely leaves it open to more interpretation to other games too. That's awesome. So, where can somebody get Army Men Full Force and Effect? It is on War Game Vault. Uh, nice. It is one dollar. One dollar? Jeez, that's cheap. Yeah, we uh, since it's our first game, we and because we weren't really sure how people were going to feel about it, we kind of put it out there for a dollar. Yeah. And uh, we we also we we kept it at a dollar because Army Men are affordable, and we wanted to make the game as affordable. Um, yeah, yeah, as the it's an, it's a PDF download. Of the game, twenty pages, twenty-one pages, 20, twenty-one pages, something like that. Mm-hmm. Twenty pages. <laughs> we we jokingly made our own uh, bundle, quote unquote, <laughs> where you go to you go to Target, get five dollars worth of Army Men, then you go to Taco Bell, get a five dollar big box, 
and then you buy our game for a dollar, and you have an entire night's fun for eleven dollars. Nice, nice. It's perfect, perfect. <laughs> All right, so that's that's great. Um, so why don't you guys tell us a little bit more of the other stuff you got work that you're working on right now? Where do we even start? <laughs> that is a laundry list, sir. We're working on two pen and paper RPGs. Uh, one is the Catacombs and Cataclysms, <laughs> and the other one is Terrestrial. Uh, Catacombs and Cataclysms is designed for like your families. I mean, it's designed for anyone, but it, it, it has an emphasis on people who have never played a pen and paper RPG. It's designed for like parents being the DM and younger kids playing their characters, but it's just another way for them to get into like pen and paper RPGs. Uh, Terrestrial is more flushed out, more of an adult-themed, like, exploration-type adventure of an alternate timeline where during the space race in the 60s, we... the the world went forward with some of their more extreme space plans and was able... were able to successfully terraform, like, Mars and the moon and various moons throughout the solar system and it's kind of jumping off 50 to 60 years past 1969. And with Catacombs and Cataclysms we're also building it as an IP or intellectual property for those people who might not know what that is. Um, the the idea came from <laughs> uh, for a while I was actually living with Pat and his family um, when I first moved back up here and we was to watch children's shows all day. <laughs> I had two day. kids. Just two young kids, so we would watch, like, Paw Patrol <laughs> and Blazing the Monster Machines. Yeah. <laughs> Other stuff like that. And I was thinking, you know, you know what would be a really cool, really cool kid show? A D&D kid show. Nice. And then I looked into my DVD collection and I realized there was a Dungeons & Dragons animated series, but let's not talk about that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I started preliminary development on a, on a pilot script, and um, it's still being worked on now. Um so we re- and, and Catacombs and Cataclysms is the name of the game that they play in the show. So, and uh, we decided that we wanted to release the actual book that goes with it, too, and kind of package the whole thing together. Just kind of expand on and, and build on. I think you've written, like, 300 fucking pages of lore. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so there's that. Nice. So how with that game, how do you pull in kids that may that may want that have an interest in it but maybe don't have the attention span that you know we do hmm well i think it comes from a a simple game mechanic i have come up with the preliminary design for the game engine and pat's gonna destroy it and engineer it up so that it works fluidly um but we think that with a simple game mechanic and um letting kids run wild with their imaginations yeah. yeah I think because any anybody could go out and buy a copy of Skyrim or buy a copy of Oblivion or The Witcher or any any of those open world RPG. But there's there's still a restriction in that. But mm-hmm. with a pen and paper RPG, you're not restricted by anything, unless a DM decides to punish you for being a jerk and drop a dragon on you or something. Well, <laughs> um, I, th- I think there it'll it'll really it, I don't know. For me, I feel like they're able to bring kids together with their friends and let them run wild. Perfect. Perfect. Alright, what else are you guys working on? Uh, well, we have a game going to Kickstarter, probably within the next six weeks. Steps and Stumbles. It's a party game. Uh, kind, I, 
Would you classify it as a party game? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, I, I, I'm gonna call it a small box game. That's what I'm gonna call it. It's got cards. Uh, it's it comes in a, I don't know, a nice little box, little eight by four box. I guess would be that what this is. Ten by five. I was just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a party game. I would say it's a it's it's along the lines of something like Munchkin or something like that, where you just have a couple friends you sit around and play a game. Um, yeah, it it we think it's promising. Uh, a lot of people so far they like it. We have some reviews coming out in uh, preparation of the Kickstarter. Uh, it's yeah. a, it's in the same realm as Uno, I would say. It's like Uno and Jim Rummy. Jim Rummy fucked and had a baby, and that's this game. <laughs> Very nice. And you said that's coming in about six weeks. You said. Yeah, yeah, that should be on the Kickstarter about six weeks. All right, perfect. We'll look out for that. Um, anything, anything else you'd like to speak of? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you probably got a lot of irons in the fire, but I thought I would well, try yeah, to get we, them all. We do. We have, we have a, we have a small group of guys that we kind of design with and collaborate with. And, um, we've all got different ideas and different things that we're all working on. Yeah. We have, we even have some games we can't even talk about due to non-disclosure agreements and things like yeah. that. Yeah. It makes sense. Um, I think the only I don't know the only games we really have what we got that we can that we can talk that about we can least. actually talk about yeah the gladiator <laughs> game yeah that one we have a like it's it kind of touches between having a pen and paper RPG and a mini war game you control your own Ludus if you're familiar with that term uh, it's like the gladiatorial training house that okay. a wealthy owner would own and he'd own all of his gladiators and they'd train there and you have your gladiators, you build them up and then you take them to the whatever arena and you all fight it out, the Coliseum. Yeah. You all fight it out. But I'm not I'm not really attached to that design project. I just know about it. I can talk about okay. it for the most part. I talk about it like an idiot, but, you know. <laughs> um, I'm actually having to look up what game I have in development, because <laughs> there's so many of them, I don't know where to start. We have, we have, a, like we have a, a follow-up game to Army Men Full Force and Effect that we've been throwing around at each other, bouncing ideas off of each other for. We haven't really figured out where to start with it yet. But we want to take G.I. Joe's and create, like, a uh, essentially what a first-person shooter would be, but on a table. On a tabletop, nice. we think that would just be an interesting idea. Um, we just haven't figured out how to make it work yet, so <laughs> stay tuned on that one. <laughs> we have all this lore for Murpheus, which is the world that Catacombs and Cataclysms takes place in, um, nice. including a play that I started that actually spawned the whole world out of it. We have a few games that we're working on that are set in there. Mm-hmm. We have a, a kingdom building game. Uh, that one of our friend, uh, our collaborators is working on. It's, gonna, it's more focused on diplomacy, but there's still an RPG aspect. There's a whole bunch. Of, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff. Man. <laughs> it's just hard to find the time. That's true. That's true. Oh, scorched earth. We didn't talk about that. Oh, that's yeah. The, that's the another big one we've been. Oh, actually, Army Man totally segues into scorched earth. Yeah. Um, so scorched earth is a game set in an alternate universe. 
of modern day of modern now. day military. So it's a modern day military tabletop miniatures game, which uh, there isn't really a good one. No, there really isn't. It's a lot of small, small studio design ones, but they're not. They're all essentially War Machine or Warhammer ripoffs. Um, and we wanted to. We wanted large scale modern military combat. Yeah. Um, so there's a whole fictional timeline. Uh, it's available. I think it's on Rule Zero Media. Uh, I don't know if we got transferred over. Yeah, it did. Uh, uh, though I think I pulled it down due to grammatical errors. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Gotta fix that. Anyway. <laughs> we all do it. Yeah, so there's those, There's an alternate timeline that leads all the way up, I think, what did we do, 50 years in the future? Which is when... No, we did like five years from now, so that way we yeah. can change stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit keeps coming out. I think it was around... We it we, we kind of looked at Fallout with the way that they did their Divergent timeline, and our mm-hmm. Divergent timeline starts in the Vietnam War, and... No, 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 it starts in Korea. Did it start? Okay. So it starts in Korea, um, and you can really start to notice it in Vietnam. I think Vietnam lasts half as long or something It lasts like, like three years, because <laughs> the U.S. was just like, fuck it, y'all are dying. And eventually it moves into a conflict, and the Middle East erupts. There's a whole new faction that arises out of the Middle East. No, it's the USSR is still around. Yeah, except Russia is its own thing. Yeah, Russia and the USSR have split in civil war, so now there's the Federation of Russia and the USSR, all both exist in the same in the same realm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's re- it's a it's a really cool idea. We just it's just that's another one that takes a lot of time to develop because you have to come up with the game mechanics, the game engine, then eventually we'll have to figure out miniatures and all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. So the basically, basically, the moral of the story is this shit does not just come right away. It takes a very long time. Fuck no! Oh no no no! Yeah, even when even when you think it's done, it's not even close to being done. We we're hoping and and working towards getting uh making this our day jobs, similar to what uh, a video game studio would do, where you just spend all day designing, and you're around a bunch of creative people, mm-hmm. and that's how things get done quicker. Not necessarily at you know. I mean, not like it won't be done next week, but <laughs> um, it'll give us more time to be able to sit down and develop and really get these games out. Um, and because we've got, I'm just spitballing around 10, 12 games in development right now. Mm-hmm. At least you counted. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we're we're working towards making it our day jobs, um, so that we can get these games out there. And honestly, Army Men, Full Force and Effect, set a record. We. We got that game done in two weeks. From start from the start of let's make this game to published, it only took us two weeks. And uh, that's partially because there was an unwanted <clears throat> timeline dropped on us because <laughs> somebody decided that they were going to tell a bunch of reviewers that we had a game done when it was only about half. I I asked you beforehand. I was like, "When do you think this is going to be done, dude?" You're like, "Oh, you know, Friday." I was like, "All right." I told him Friday, game wasn't done. It's like. Tyler, <laughs> this shit needs done. Uh, you know, work stuff gets in the way. Well, you did it. You did it under the pressure. Congratulations. Yeah, we 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 were only I think what three days late than what we said we were gonna do. Yeah, but the important thing is it got done, and everybody's happy. Nice. And it's only a dollar. Yeah. To emphasize that point to anybody watching, it's only a dollar. <laughs> Even if you're just curious, drop the dollar on it. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. You can't go wrong for a dollar for sure. There will be a uh, eventually. I've, I've been working on what's, what's the word for beautifying the rulebook. Gotcha. So there'll be a there will be a second edition, but it'll probably be mostly cosmetic changes to the rulebook, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some minor tweaks here or there. Um, I've got better 
I've, I've got better software now from what I did when we first designed it um, so we can actually make it look decent and not like it was done on Publisher. Because it was. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not supposed to tell anybody that stuff. <laughs> you're supposed to pre- pretend like you did it amazing. Pro tip for anybody out there, Publisher is the worst platform to try to design it. <laughs> Perfect. So I pretty much... I pretty, I think you guys pretty much answered my last question, but um, where do you see, where do you see your company going in the future? Then, uh, well, we've got a lot of big plans. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully up. <laughs> up would be nice. <laughs> we've got, yeah, we've got plans for other things that aren't game related. The studio, we've got this. The studio is eventually going to become, hopefully, become its own full studio, doing more than just game design. Space Tower Games is going to be the store. Uh, the store. There'll be a warehouse thing, doing some d- distribution. Um, we're teamed up with the Indie Game Alliance, so we'd like to do some more stuff with them. Then, uh, yeah. We so. also do a lot of stuff with, like, gamers playing. And yeah, gamers playing. <laughs> Rule Zero Media? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Our own thing? <laughs> we know about gamers playing around here. Yeah, so we do a lot of things with them. So we were hoping that, uh, <laughs> we're, we're hoping up. Up is the direction we want to be going. Not down. <laughs> down is bad. Down is bad. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so everybody, go out. Get yourself some Armand full force and effect. Check out some catacombs and cataclysms. Is it, did I say that right? Yes. It is a it is a pun on Dungeons and Dragons. Yes, perfect, perfect. And then the game you got coming out to Kickstarter is Steps and Stumbles. Okay, sorry. Everybody knows that if they listen to this podcast, I have a terrible memory, so I, I try to remember things as best as I can. Um, so yes, check out Steps and Stumbles as that comes out on Kickstarter. We'll definitely be promoting that on twitter and facebook as it comes out and um is there anything else you guys would like to say before we let you go even though we don't have the mechanics done for the games a lot of the lore is there so if you're if you're a lore kind of person and you want to get a head start on everything feel free to roll through rules or media under any of the tabs and a lot of the lore is there uh it actually has its own section now yeah and on any of our games oh yeah yeah um so perfect so it gives people an option for more stories, and everybody loves that. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? That's right. Close All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, I just totally feel him on his poor memory thing. I, I worked with this dude for like three weeks. Didn't know his name. I just called him dude. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Finally learned his name. <laughs> Richard, the only reason he knows my name is because we've been related for... How long? How long? 23 years. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, thanks, thanks, Patrick and Ryan or Tyler. Sorry. Wow. Don't Patrick and Tyler for coming <laughs> on. That, 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 that happens all the time. <laughs> you have two. You have two first names for your first name, and last name. Well, actually, we both have three. <laughs> yeah, oh, middle nice. Names. Middle names too. So. <laughs> That's perfect. But I really appreciate you guys coming on, and uh, we we yeah we can't wait to hear about the stuff in the future. Hey, we we loved coming on. Anytime you need a guest or whatever, just hit us up. Sweet, you bet. We always love to hear that. Yeah, it was a it was a positive experience not having to do all the prep work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's it's nice when you, you all you have to do is talk, right? Yeah, it's nice to be on the other end of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I know. The few times I've been able to do that, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> well, then then you got to come on our show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it's the, the rule of our podcast. If we go on yours, you come on ours. All right. Sounds good. Show me yours, I'll show you mine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, again, thanks, guys, for coming on. Hey, thank you. Have a good one, man.
This podcast is a proud member of the Legends of Tabletop Broadcast Network, bringing you the geek.